Hello, everybody. Hello. Hello, hello. I can now turn around and I can wave at you and go, hey. Hi. There's a little bit of a lag, but. (laughs) There is a, uh, yes, there is a very spooky kind of. uh, So if we were to be, okay, what's happening is that we put one of our cameras, our home cameras up so that Andre could see us here at our studio and then he and I are looking at each other on FaceTime. We're trying to work it out. We're trying to see, to make it more spontaneous. That's what I want to do. That's the goal. We're still perfecting. We're still perfecting it, yeah. Exactly. So uh, so if we are murdered while we're doing the podcast, <laughs> just know, uh, Andre, that there's a delay. In okay. The- well, yeah, we'll already be <laughs> dead. Know. We'll be dead. But you'll but know what happened. You'll know the guy or person or persons who murdered us. <laughs> So we're, we're talking about the nightmare before Christmas. Um, Andre had this great idea to do this for this season. But then I remembered the controversy around nightmare before Christmas from 1993. We'll get to that. Is it a Christmas movie or a Halloween movie? Oh, I thought I thought there was some controversy that I didn't know about. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> Locke is actually... Uh, no. <laughs> um, it's whatever you want it to be. That's what I, I that's for my me, answer. It's just, for me, it's both because I watch both like for Halloween and Christmas. So. Yeah. But you were watching it. Ian had never seen it. You just watched it for the first time today. So what's your take? Is this a Halloween movie or a Christmas movie? I think it's a Christmas movie. That's what you think it is? Yeah. I think it's I'd watch of- it on Christmas. I'd watch it like if it's Christmas and playing in the back, back of the... You know, just playing on the TV. I like um, I like Halloweeny things at Christmas because it makes Christmas more bearable for me. So <laughs> that's why I have yeah. friends who do that here in LA. Like a lot of my friends do like horror slasher marathons on Christmas. So that's yeah. awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can see the I think I can see the Christmas perspective because like it takes up like maybe like seventy five percent of the movie. So, in all fairness, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's kind of, you know, Jack's world. Mm-hmm. Um, but when he goes and flies around the sky, he, that's Christmas. It's not Halloween. True. Technically, right? yes. Yes. That's why, you know, Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Yeah. Where it's Christmas in L.A. So, it's a Christmas movie, everybody. Um, but you can watch it anytime you want to. I know. It's not even Christmas or Halloween, and we watched it. That's true. <laughs> but it is the Halloween season. That's true. Right? Spooky season. It's the spooky season of spooky, scary, spooky. Okay. So it's been a minute since I've watched this. I mean, obviously, I'm old enough to have seen it back in the day uh, mm-hmm. on the old-timey movie screens um, back before fire was invented. So I saw this in a theater and, <laughs> and really loved it. Of course, you know, total uh, Tim Burton fan and, and Danny Elfman and all of those guys, you know, just was there from the get-go, right? Mm-hmm. But I, until today, did not have any idea that this wasn't directed by Tim Burton. I mean, I know he wrote it. Yeah. He produced yeah. it, obviously. And Elfman, mm-hmm. you know, has produced it, right? But I didn't know that yeah. um, he didn't direct it. Yeah, so basically, basically I'm reading the, the article that's like 21 things you didn't know about Night Before Christmas. Yeah. And I knew that Tim Burton wasn't actually the director, um, but apparently it says here that um, Burton was busy with Batman Returns and handed this hefty responsibility to his old Disney animation colleague, Henry Selleck. Um, 
which makes sense. But yeah, um, Danny Elfman and Tim Burton did work um, beforehand, obviously because they had to get all the music done before, which is a, it's like completely the the reversal of what usually happens right um at least the songs like i feel like the score can be stable for later um but yeah but uh, you want like you want this guy that because i was looking him up he's he's um he did Coraline. he did monkey bone which i still love that movie fight me somebody james and the giant peach i loved Mm -hmm. i haven't seen slow bob in the lower dimensions am i am i completely making this up or did he direct um michael jackson's thriller Am I making that up? Mm, I don't know. Animation department. Would it have been animation department with three credits? Da, da, da. Pete's Dragon. It's not popping out. I tell you what. I'll vamp while you look it up. So I didn't know. I didn't know that this. Oh, no. It's it's John Landis. Okay. I thought it was John Landis, but I didn't. You know, I don't want to be a smart ass. So it could be some elements that were animation, stop animation like. But this dude is a stop animation guy. So if I'm. Burton, that makes a lot of sense that you want to hand this over to this guy. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. what else did you, what other, what are the other 20 things? Um, well, um, I mean, a lot of it is just, what I can tell you that doesn't appear on this list is that, um, and this is a pretty well-known fact that the, uh, the singing voice and the dialogue voice for Jack Skellington was, uh, by two different people. Right. Um, the singing voice was by Danny Elfman, who composed the score, and the um, the voice acting um, was done by Chris Sarandon. Mm-hmm. Now, for those who don't know, his best role—not his best role, but like maybe his most known role—would be uh, Prince Humperdinck in the movie *The Princess Bride*. And it's actually oh, that's weird because. Right. Yeah, and I was just looking this up, and apparently he was born in Beckley, West Virginia. And that he also went to my school, West Virginia what? University. There it is. Yeah, that's crazy. There you go. Okay, so oh, and his wife is Susan Sarandon. Hmm. Yeah, that's his first wife. So that's where Susan got her name. I guess they didn't stay married. I'm I'm assuming they didn't stay married. Yeah, they. It says they were married until 1979. 1979. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So yeah, he was married. Cool. You know, just another fact. I can you know because I'm old. I can I can say stuff too. Um, <laughs> is that that this dude was married to Susan Sarandon when she was like um, a Rocky Horror Picture Show hot. Mm-hmm. So, just saying. For all you bisexuals out there. Yeah. She was and, at uh, one point <laughs> before she was a um, a person that got on um, my nerves. She was a great hero of mine. I loved her in Rocky Horror Picture Show as Janet. Mm-hmm. Uh, the most bisexual movie I had seen up until then. And then um, I loved her in Bull Durham. She's amazing. And then she just, you know, voted for Jill Stein and won't shut up about it. So, way to ruin my hero for me, Susan. <laughs> so this dude was married to her when she was like awesome. Okay, cool, right? I didn't, I didn't know this. Does is you're the the composer of the group? I know very little about music. I just like what I like. Has Danny Elfman always sang? Um, well, yeah, because he was actually the leading frontman of the band Oigo Boingo. He yeah. was? Um, that's right. I was looking yeah. that up today, yeah. Yeah, that's where he got his start. What? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, that's why I was like, because when I was looking up who, who all these people were, because you had mentioned who played um the 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 ragdoll, and it said, I was like, <laughs> how, how does he sing so well? 
wait a minute. Yeah. yeah. Wait yeah. a minute. Wait a minute. That was my band back in the 80s. I watched all their videos. I loved Oingo Boy. I must have just forgotten that. I mean, maybe all the <laughs> drinking I've done. <laughs> the fuck? Because I know Mark Mothersbaugh from Devo is now, a, he's a big composer. And I, I know him from Devo. And we're like, oh, my God, that guy, you know, now he's, he's this guy. You know, a Nine Inch Nails fan, you know, that, that guy is now like, Trent Reznor Trent is now Reznor, a yeah. composer. There's a lot of guys who have come out and been, but I had, wow, I had forgotten that. I, mean, I think at yeah, one point I knew it. That trips me out. Yeah. Um, I'm not entirely sure um, why Danny Elfman didn't do both the singing and the acting. Um, yeah. The only thing I could find was that the, the acting part was just not working out, I guess. Um, um, I think Tim Burton was literally just like, uh, stick to the singing. Um, yeah, I mean... But yeah, but you really don't notice it. They're two they different sides of your crafts. Yeah, they're two different sides yeah. of the craft for me. I don't, I don't think you can get... What do the Coen brothers always say? When you're doing like... Um, when they do like stuff that requires singing... They say it's almost it's always better to get an actor uh, who can sing somewhat and work with them, and and get that performance out of the actor rather than. But here you don't have that constraint because you have stop uh, stop animation. So, yeah, yeah, that's. Okay, well, hmm. You don't agree with that? <laughs> because I mean, I mean, what are the people in? musical theater doing they're doing both well that's because they can do both but i'm just saying yeah. if you have someone like okay hugh jackman he could do both great but if you have someone who's right for the role let's <laughs> say and they're not uh-huh. they're not an actor i've seen them try to put like singers into acting roles over the years and it just doesn't work it's just that's such i a mean way. it definitely it definitely depends like yeah it definitely depends on what the person can do exactly um, like justin timberlake can I, do both but if, but if I went into like a um, adaptation, like a movie musical adaptation, and I had the option, I would I would definitely pick the singer. Of course, um, you would. But I'm going to tell you what Hollywood will always do. It'll always know, pick the actor. I know. Mm-hmm. I know. Well, again, it's like talking about Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> all the reviews are coming in, and it's like we need a Zoroastrian Parsi. Uh, exact height guy with the exact teeth and the jaw who can sing for octave range, and I'm like. Are you all fucking high? So what well, Rami yeah, did not- was inhabit, you know, he said, I don't, I can't sing like Freddie Mercury. And here's the answer mm-hmm. to that. No one can sing like Freddie Mercury. They just made the yeah. one guy. So he sings on camera. They mic'd him up and then Mark Martell comes in and then they're using Freddie. So they're layering him, right? I think it totally depends. Yeah. I, I I think so too. I would almost rather um, they cast they 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 do exactly what they did here. Cast one for acting, cast one for singing. Yeah. But then again, you now you have to find two people who have sort of the same voice. But yeah. it's kind of like what the um what like Disney movies used to do, like Aladdin, like different different actors, different singers, and you don't really know the difference. I don't know. We're getting a little off topic. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I think it's do, important. We can do another episode. It's musicals. important. This is, this is the well, lead. Then, then this you is have, the lead, though. Yeah. And then you have, like... like uh, Don't edit us, like Andre. Lay, like Les Mis, <laughs> when you have, like, Russell Crowe singing. Yeah. Oh, you know? Lord. Yeah, see, there, there I would have uh, I would have prayed to God that we had a singer. Rather than hearing him drone on, like, a re- fucking refrigerator. Don't get me started on Les Mis. <laughs> I, don't I get me started on Les Mis. <laughs> I, <laughs> 
There wasn't enough liquor in the building to make me want to watch that movie ever again. There was not enough looking oh down. My God. <laughs> Fuck. I love Les Mis, but that movie is just... Jesus. Uh, stop it, casting Sasha Barracone. It, um, it ruined okay. Les Mis for me. Yeah, it ruined Les Mis for me, too. I knew people that didn't go because Russell Crowe was in that movie, and they heard him singing in the trailers, and they were like, nope. Those are very <laughs> smart people. Yeah. Okay, we 20, 20, 21 things about... <laughs> 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 Well, yeah. Well, you said something before we started recording um, that you were wondering uh, where the idea came from. Where the idea came from? Because I always so tell you this is my this is my ritual. So every time in in LA, because we don't have weather, it's just it's a desert by the ocean. So there is no sensibility about seasons. It's just like the rain happens, and then and then sometimes it gets chilly outside. So you have to wear a scarf with your UGGs. Okay, so that happens. So, Ugg season. And then you go, it's July 7th, and the Christmas shit's on the shelf, and I always think, making Christmas, making Christmas. And I'm like, is that where um, Burton got the idea? Because it's ridiculous out here. Well, you are pretty much spot on. Um, it says here I'm in the right. film's DVD, it, yeah, in the film's DVD commentary, Burton explains that this childhood, his childhood in ever sunny Burbank, California, was not marked by seasonal changes. So, holiday decorations were an especially important factor in the year's progression. When it came to fall and winter, there was a melding of Halloween and Christmas, and stores eager to make the most of both shopping seasons. This he claimed planted the seed for his tale of the King of Halloween intruding on Christmas. So basically, exactly what you said. Oh my god! Well, that's a tri- I swear to God, I <laughs> didn't read that anywhere. Then, because I, I swear to God, I always thought that's like, oh my god, they're fucking, they're they're going earlier and earlier every year. Yeah, but they've always done this. If that's yeah, if that's been the case, it's you know from yeah. a childhood thing. Yeah. So it doesn't get earlier every year. It's just. <sighs> They just do it every year. Sometimes I think you notice and sometimes you don't. Yeah. But yeah, I noticed out here, I'm like in the, I think on the East Coast though, like where Andre is, they, we don't do that though. We don't like, it, they're just, well, maybe they are now. But when I was a kid, like it was very. Like you didn't see, you didn't see Christmas until after Thanksgiving. Exactly. Yeah. As it should be done. They're fucking decorating now <laughs> for Christmas and it's not even Halloween. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> get out of my colon. I don't want to see your fucking. You know, I don't want to see your bullshit. It needs to be orange, and then it can be red and green. It needs to be orange right now, orange and black. And then it can fight, you know, then you get rid of the black, and then it's just orange and autumn colors. And then it's red and, and gold, and then it's whatever people do for New Year's. That can be silver, like, it depends on who you are. Yeah. Okay. I had no, I swear to God, I didn't look that up. I swear to the great squirrel in the sky, I did not look that up before this. Okay. Continue. 20 <laughs> um, things about. <laughs> well there's there's only one there's only one other thing that um seems pretty uh interesting is that shooting on this movie began before the script was even completed um which is definitely it says here that this film took three years to complete oh my God. um so they definitely had to get a move on because I mean you're shooting 24 frames per second. Yeah. Um, and it says here uh, 110,000 frames total. Oh my god! One minute of the movie took about a week to shoot. Holy fuck! Um, and this isn't even accounting for like the mathematical hoops of fire you have to jump through to make sure that the pre-recorded dialogue and the pre-recorded singing matches up with the way you're animating it on the set. I have a question um, though. Okay, so th- has that changed? Yeah. Has that evolved? It has to have been because that's over 25 years ago. So technology has to have, the process has to have been made easier. 
Mm. No. I, like, mean, like, I mean, I don't know. I don't see what what could be. Like, what do you mean? Well, I mean, because you move armature around at the at the speed that you move armature around. But then, like the rendering process, all that's that probably kind of stuff. faster. In time oh, code yeah. syncing and all that kind of stuff. It's not and it, and it was it digital back then in ninety three. Uh, were they still recording the tape? Oh, I'm sure they were. I, I well, the I from watching um, like the 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 behind the scenes, it's. Apart from the obviously like the computer rendering, it's pretty much the same process. Hmm. Um, but to to compare, I just looked up like how long did it take to make Coraline, and mm. it said it took eighteen months to shoot, um, as opposed to three years. So yeah, there's definitely been um, they made it twice as fast. Um, that also it just, yeah. it just depends on who's making the movie. Because some motherfucker, some motherfuckers like you know, I'm gonna make Apocalypse Now in 500 days, and I'm like, bitch, I can go out like you know, I know I could run a production and not make Apocalypse Now in 500 days. Wouldn't shoot it there. Wouldn't do it that way. Wouldn't be drunk half the time. <laughs> just problem solved right there. That's just that's cutting off 250 days off your production. Just not letting people run amok and do drugs on your set. Just saying. <laughs> yeah, it looks like they shot all of the the, the songs first because it said as soon as danny elfman had mastered most of the film's songs Selig plus a team of 13 specially trained animators began working on the the final um shots so this thing yeah it's it's a huge undertaking for sure it's opening when is this box office gross estimated 18 million is that its opening weekend because this thing's been around for like all these years i wonder how much it's actually made to date I think you have to have IMDb Pro to know that, and I'm not paying those fools for that. So, <laughs> okay. I mean, and there have been re-releases in the theaters, like there have like been a couple of times over. The I years, think that's so. what kind of tricked me out into believing that it was it was made closer. Like I thought this movie was made in like the mid aughts. In my mind, mm-hmm. it was this is made pre nine eleven. Yeah, I mean, this was before. Um, before I bought my car, this is before the Matrix. This is before the fucking Matrix, yo. Right, because Matrix was what, 98, and 97, I, This 98? is going to be, and I'm normally not an ageist, because that's just hitting myself. But <laughs> I remember just like looking at Catherine O'Hara's name in here and going, Catherine O'Hara sounds like a baby in this. Like, that's, that's Catherine O'Hara. She sounds like a little baby. And it's yeah. like, because she was a little baby. Well, I mean, yeah, when we looked I it up. I was a baby in 93. It was like 25 years ago. It's like, wow, we know people who aren't even that old yet. Fuck yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. So. yeah, crazy. But it's 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 held up. Yes, it you know, has. It's it's held up more than a lot of things have held up. Because you're yeah, okay, well, What was your first take on it? Like you see it out of the gate. Yeah, I thought. I mean, I that I was extremely surprised it was done 25 years ago. I was like, this could have been made last year. Yeah. You know, as far as you know, the way it looks, the 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 technology, the the content. You know, it wasn't it wasn't corny, too corny. No, you know, it's a good script. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the songs were good. They're catchy. The songs stick. Yeah, the songs stick in your head. You know, the boogie, Mister Boogie, was yeah, like yeah, Oogie Boogie Man. It's like he was like yeah, Ken Page. Yes. It was you know it it felt very what is it um, <clears throat> contemporary. It did. I liked it yeah. so much. So mm-hmm. for sure. What what was it like for you, Lisa, to get to come back to it? I haven't seen it in a long time. 
So yeah. I didn't I didn't remember how magical feeling this was. I did remember sitting there not knowing any of the things you just said about how long it took to make, but going, Oh mm-hmm. my God, this looks like it took forever. Like these yeah. the the choreography of the dance numbers alone, I'm like, how fucking long could that have taken? You know? And when like Oogie Boogie is doing the crank and it's rolling down his body, like they're all the t- attention to detail. How Jack mm-hmm. lands on the eve and he straddles the eve and him as the the uh snowman you know bumping around i was like holy fuck just i can see how a sequence would take you forever and i was just you know what it did for me and i'm glad that you um recommended this because it brought me back into the magical thinking about um halloween like i was missing a little bit of my halloween spark so this kind of got me in the mood. I was like, "What right all?" Well, yes, yeah, and that's yeah. the thing. It could definitely no. be played at Halloween too. See, I can for see me, both of them. Yeah. For me, I always made the argument that it was a Halloween movie, but it doesn't have to be. We should play that in the background in the garage when we're putting out. The we movies. should. We should. Yeah, do it. Because it's, I'm yeah. not playing no Christmas movie. <laughs> no, no. When we when Christmas we hand movie, out, I want to shoot myself. Yeah, when we hand out the Halloween candy. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, we should be playing it in the back in we the should. background. I was gonna like try to download like uh, all of these old '50s stuff and then like um, kind of stuff. But the kids in our neighborhood, like their dads are and their moms are like executive producers, you know, on like TV shows. <laughs> like, they're all so like they just roll their eyes when you try anything. They're like, "Yeah, uh, my dad is an executive producer at Universal. I try again, bitch." Yeah. Your basic bitch Christmas is so I just get drunk and throw candy at them. I'm like, fucking get off my porch. It's just so <laughs> judgmental. They show up and like, you know, they've got like their parents have had like their costume made for them. They look like they just rolled off of like, you know, central casting and they've that they have a costumer. They have a stylist for Halloween. And I'm like, get the fuck away from me, you yeah. little. I like it when the kids, how do I say this politely, come from other neighborhoods. <laughs> They seem to be just cool. Like, they're wearing a trash bag. <laughs> they got their mama lipstick out. They're like, I'm a space ghost. And I'm just like, you know what? Here you go. Here's a big old wad of candy. The little kid who has the costume, or he get two pieces. Get the fuck away from me. You know what I mean? Well, we definitely live in a neighborhood where, where they do. This is one of the Target neighborhoods. It's not the top Target neighborhood. It is. No, it's Beverly Hills and shit like that. But, like, like you know, our our friend who lives up on... On seventeenth, he takes his kids up to like north of Montana. Oh yeah, you got to go. When well, you cross over Montana, the dividing line is Wilshire and Santa Monica. And if once you go past Wilshire, you know that's where the rich people live. He was he was telling me last time. I was like, yes, yeah, where you get the full size candy? Uh huh. We just got the minis over here. <laughs> get the bites. We do have we have minis, but they're good. We had the good like we had the good chocolate. I get the Twizzlers of all the different flavors. But we don't have we don't have. Original Jolly Ranchers or Skittles well, for some reason. You know what? Everybody can just eat a dick. <laughs> How about that? Yeah, but we do have like kids. Who, and then, then there's the kids who walk up and go, guess what I am? I'm like, I don't know. Um, you're a generation that's going to die in the street because you're so droll. <laughs> I don't know. I don't even know what to call your stupid generation. So, uh, But I love it. Like, but, but then there's the ones who like really like the year that uh, Ray you know, from Star Wars was out and all the little mm-hmm. girls dressed up as Ray and then the one little sassy boy who was dressed up as Ray and I was <laughs> like, Girl, get on, go. Preach holla. So that's I love I it love when going, 
Yeah. I love going to Walmart and seeing like the Black Panther and Shuri costume. <gasps> I know, right? This is is this our first Halloween with Black Panther? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't even feel like it came out this year, right? It doesn't. We should go to the Target and check them out. Oh my god, I love that. That's right. <laughs> yeah, so all of the 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 changing of that kind of guard, I celebrate that. We didn't even yeah. get they could come and think of it. We didn't even get like a Black Panther or, or themed um, masks. I didn't we even didn't. think of it. We didn't. I don't know. I just don't. I'm a white person. I'm not going to do that. Uh, <laughs> I don't true. even do Wakanda forever with my arms. <laughs> you know, that's why I don't. I don't bump like I love hip hop, but I won't bump it in the car because I don't want anybody to go. Look, Shirley is over there bumping to the hip hop. I just I don't want to be that white fucking white women have a problem enough now. The hippity hop. I'm just trying to like redeem like bitches trying to call the cops on black people for living their life. So I'm not trying to ask for no trouble. Like somebody open the door. I'm like, hey, I'm wearing a Sherry mask. I love black people. Hello. I don't want to be that dick. You know what I mean? So I just, you know, I know my place. I know my fucking place. Um, what did you do? People trick or treat on campus. What do y'all do on campus? I don't know. Um, <laughs> there's there's um, there's usually a bunch of parties, um, and I don't go to any of them. Um, oh, you call, don't do call that. a weekend. It goes literally from Thursday to Sunday, and people drink themselves to death. Um, in some cases, literally. Mm. Um, and yeah, um, I, we okay. This is what I did. And um, you guys will see the results in a couple of days. Um, but last night we had uh, some friends come over and we were like, okay, we're going to dress as like the coven witches from American Horror Story. Yeah. Okay. So we come o- So they come over. We're all like, you know, decked out in our witch garment. And my roommate, photography major, grabs out her perfect camera, her perfect tripod, and takes a bunch of pictures of us. It took us like two hours, and then we ate some chicken nuggets. That's the kind of party that I want to go to. I like that party. I like and that And it was party. just, it was chill. It was great. And we got a bunch of really cool pictures out of them. Like, See, that's, uh, look, and then you have something to show for it. You yeah. don't have like memory loss and date rape and brain killage and, you know, law ca- a lawsuit. Yeah, you know, which was what—that's basically defined uh, my college, Halloween's, <laughs> a lot of date rape, a lot of, a lot of just like injuries, and uh, no court cases because you know no one's going to court. <sighs> yeah, I'm with you. I, we we tend to we'll have a couple. We'll get a we'll get a little tipsy, and LA is now again the World Series again. Uh, we watched the longest postseason game in the history of the sport last night. Go Dodgers. Uh, thank God Muncie hit that uh, walk-off home run or we'd still be sitting here watching I slept the through most of it. That's fine. But no, I was but awake like, for the, the most important part. I think this year because we did – Ian spent all of August cleaning out our garage and cleaning out about 40 years of his parents, you know, hoarding. And we had this beautiful garage to show for it to park, you know, our beautiful new truck. But we're going to pull the truck out. And we're going to sit in the garage with our French f- friends. They haven't done um, Halloween like this in America. This is their first year doing it like this. We're going to mm-hmm. sit in the garage with some wine. They have two little kids. Uh, Victor is, what, two? Zoe's just a little over one. Oh, they're that young? Yeah, I think Victor. he's like a four or five. Or I don't know. Like Victor is 27 years old is what I know about Victor. He's up to no good. 
Uh, but I lo- he's he's a charming little devil. He'd get me to do anything. I'm his Mrs. Mead, and he is my Michael Langdon. And <laughs> he told Michael me to murder Lee. people. I'd go, whatever you want, Victor. Uh, like he says, instead of like like chips, like potato chips, he says ships. And I I love him. <laughs> he can tell me to do whatever. <laughs> so they're coming over, Zoe, Victor, Karin, and uh, Thibault. And we're going to put some dry ice in a bucket and sit in the garage and... Um, now we can play Nightmare Before Christmas. The, we should like project it somewhere. Should we? We have a projector. Yeah. We got skills. Haggis That'd be cool. And, Haggis dressed up like a ghost. I will. I have two costumes. I have the one that you and I talked about. Um, Andre gave me a great idea for um, a costume. I will reveal it on Instagram on the day. Are you using the it. new thing? That, that's the one thing, and Andre doesn't even know about our things. So oh. that's going to be Ooh. the part... It's very lazy, but it's also very funny. So we're going to do that part. Last year, no, 2016, because I remember like, like we had this really good time at Halloween, and then Trump became president, and then it was like, well, it's always a nightmare. Um, <laughs> 2016, you dressed up like White Rose from um, Mr. Robot, and then I just wore the Mr. Robot mask, and that was our pictures. Yeah. Of, you know, because he's Asian, so he's White Rose. He was B.D. Wong. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Okay, uh, normally we don't do costumes, but this year we got some we got some fun things to sort of play with. So, mm-hmm. and my and our dog won't let you put anything on him. So, I was gonna try to get a pillowcase and make him into a ghost, but just for Instagram because he super hates like <laughs> anything on him. So, so well, you guys should look for our Instagram. Is there any other stuff about this? Okay, I we know what inspired it. We know what was made. We know who worked mm-hmm. on it, obviously. Um, by the way, I knew this was long ago because I kept guessing at um, who is the voice of uh, William Hickey. William Hickey, a character actor I've been watching forever. And when I was watching William Hickey back in the day, he was old. Like when I first started seeing his stuff in like the 80s, he was already like a very funny uh, self-aware mm-hmm. actor who knew how to project himself in this way. And I'm like, is that William Hickey's voice? Is the weird scientist kind of pervert guy? I don't know. He's very <laughs> weird. I don't know. His relationship with Sally is very inappropriate, I think. I created you. Like you made a sex doll? I don't know. No wonder she's poisoning you all the time. <laughs> You're a weirdo. And then he makes a wife that looks just like him. Yeah, and it's like, oh my God, you're so... eh." So first time I looked at that character and went like, oh wow, you're just so gross. Which is unfair to (laughs) William Hickey because he's such a wonderful dude. But he always played like these icky characters and he so massively enjoyed it. So yeah, this thing was like a trip back into the past. And I'm sure people will be going through their iTunes going, Nightmare Before Christmas? Is it a remake? What's happening? <laughs> what is this movie? So. Now, it's got, I, I like, I will say, it's got one of the most um, enchanting scores. Mm. Um, and I can go, like, on and on about, like, how genius it is. Yes, <laughs> it is. Um, but it's it's so it's so weird because like I've been literally waiting for forever for this thing to be turned into a proper musical, mm. and um, apparently D- Danny Elfman is pretty protective of um, 
the rights to his music um oh. if you want to if you want to perform it like in any capacity um it's very hard to do so um but every year i don't know if they do it anymore um but every year they do um have like a concert at like the hollywood bowl where where um they'll show the movie and they'll have like a live orchestra and the original singers sing along with it. I've seen that. I've seen that advertised. Um, I'll pay attention to it and go, oh, that's cool. And I always go, we should go and do that. And then we go, it's the Hollywood Bowl. No one wants to spend five hours parking leaving. Um, oh, I can imagine. I'm sure it'd be yeah, amazing, though. I really want to. I really want to see, see that one day. I got to tell you, so. looking at these songs and like seeing it for the f- like, it almost feels like it's fresh, brand new eyes. Now that you say that out loud, I mean, this would lend itself to a wonderful musical, like yeah. live action. You're right. I mean, my God, every one of these songs is, they're witty, they're devilish, mm-hmm. they're very, very clever. Insanely clever. Insanely yeah. clever. That's what I loved about it. It was like, oh my God, like, what is your favorite song though? Um, Jack's Lament, probably. Oh, I like Jack. Le- Jack's Lament is good. Is that the one where he's in the, the graveyard? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I like Jack's uh, Lament. I want to say Sally's song always sticks with me, but Oogie Boogie Man. That one's cool. Oogie Boogie song is really good. Yeah, yeah I, mean, I really, I really love it. Ch- yeah. It's it's super hard to choose. Um, this no, is I watched Halloween. The, I watched, is good. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like, it, but here's also the thing: is that the reason I've been waiting for this to be made into a musical is that the number one rule for writing a musical is that you have to have a kick-ass opener, and this is Halloween is like literally the the perfect example of that. Yeah. So I'm like, all the bones are there. You probably have to write a couple more songs to like fill the duration of a musical, but. It's all there. I don't know. I love it. I do love it's it. It's kind of how I feel about turning Hocus, Hocus Pocus into, into a musical. Um, See, but I feel like that, that needs to happen. That needs to happen right now. I also wouldn't even mind a remake. I know there's no such thing as recreating Hocus Pocus. Those three bitches and those three roles, you just cannot top it. I'm sorry. But <laughs> I think that they could try. I think that they could uh, try. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like to see it with... Um, B.D. Wong, uh, Billy Porter. <laughs> the entire Apocalypse cast. And Matt Bonner, uh, Bomber as, uh, as the three witches. That's oh what I would God. like to see. That would be my three uh, Hocus Pocus witches. Or <laughs> uh, the cast of like Billy Porter pulling from the cast of Pose, like Blanca mm. and, you know, those guys. Those, I'm sorry, not those guys, those ladies and Billy. In mm-hmm. the three roles of Hocus Pocus. Come on now. That'd be amazing. We did the whiz. Can we not do a black Hocus Pocus that holler? That came out in 93 too. I know. I was looking at that yeah, today. Go. They, they were onto something in Hollywood in the 90s. I, there was a lot of blow it, in town too. So probably. Yeah. Well, Hocus Pocus, like when it first came out, did not like do well at all. Um, but it also came out the same weekend as Jurassic Park, I think. Um so there's this that. is well this is what i always say about uh critics go fuck yourself um and opening yeah. weekends yeah. It, opening weekends and critics do not determine a film's place in history i was just uh watching the cast of the big lebowski and again one of my all-time favorite movies uh for many many different reasons and uh 
and there's a reason why some of it, so many of us love it, but it like got universally panned. Like the critics hated it, and mm-hmm. it took people like it, it kind of made the college circuit, and then it blew up like with college kids who were like, "This is genius! They got it! They so got it!" And I was one yeah. of those people who were like. This is the best movie ever made. This is fuck Citizen Kane. This is my generation's Citizen Kane. Like, I fucking loved it. And I felt that way about Hocus Pocus as well. I remember at the time getting, like, kind of shirty about it. People were like, this movie sucks. I'm like, you get a dick. It's Bette Midler. Fuck <laughs> off. It's Bette Midler. Go to yeah, hell. I don't, trust, I, don't, I, don't, I don't trust critics anymore. I don't I mean, ever. Like, I have read, never. Yeah. I'll read what they say once the embargo is lifted, like, two, a week or two before the, the film's released. But most of the time, I'm just like... Uh, I mean, like I went, like I told you, I went to see Venom, and the, the critics shit all over it. Yeah. And I'm watching it. I'm like, this is actually like really good and enjoyable. And like, yeah, I can see what what they're talking about. Um, but like, the problem I have with critics is that they'll they'll pick some some. It's very easy to be like, oh, the pacing is weird, and blah 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 blah. And it's almost like there's this conflating of in order to be critical of a movie, you have to say negative things about it, mm-hmm. um, which I, I, I don't understand at all. And saying that there are negative things in the film must mean that it's just a bad film overall, um, which is not true. Yeah. Because it can it can it can have both. That's fine. Not every movie is perfect. Um, but I see where I see where you're getting at. I don't know my, how this my, film. I don't know how Night Before Christmas fared when it first came out. Um, it did pretty well. I think everybody was talking about it. It was it was phenomenal then. It's phenomenal now. Like I think it did really well. And I'm talking about with audiences. I never listened to critics. I have never listened to them. I have long uh, detested Gene Shalit and his ilk. Uh, even the beloved, um, those twos with a thumb up, thumb out, down, whatever. I don't didn't give a shit about them. I mean, as nice, they're nice enough dudes, I guess, but they would sit there and argue on Saturday about the best movies to watch. And I'm like, I'm like, fuck off. Also, same thing about Oscars. The Oscars don't determine the best pictures that are ever made. The Emmys don't determine the best TV shows. Um, I don't think the music awards tell me what I want to listen. And right now I'm getting very annoyed because, you know, the Rotten Tomatoes meter for Bohemian Rhapsody is 53%. You know what? Fuck off. <laughs> because I just know what went into making that film. And, and here's what I say about the critics that I see today. They're even worse than the critics I grew up with because I always, there's just a lot of times I just want to write a critic and go, aw, when you're not able to get into the film business. <laughs> when you're not able to be an actor or a screenwriter and they didn't they didn't like your screenplay so now you sit around and you shit on other people's work that's what i think that's exactly mm-hmm. what i fucking think and i just think you're just sitting here like you just you you're slobbering all over this actor and you can't even conduct an interview on youtube like i can sit there and write 20 questions better than you are and then you're the main writer for mm-mm or mm-mm and you're sitting here and you're like i'm a journalist i'm like bitch for sure. Please. All of us could like write 20 different questions for Tom Hardy better than what you ask him for Venom. You know, and yeah. if if one more fucking lame ass jerkwad goes, what's your favorite Queen song as a legitimate journalistic question <laughs> of the cast that had to go through what they went through to make this film? That tells me, you know, when I like yeah. you tell me, I just want to see Venom. And I don't know, dude, I'm feeling it. And the reason I wouldn't have gone to see that film is Tom Hardy gobbles up scenery like he ain't ate in like five days. So, but That's then. so funny you say that. so funny you say when that. When he's not Daniel Day-Lewis, though, 
the guy can be magical and amazing and fantastic. And I know personally, everybody thinks Tom is like the, he's the best dude walking around. He's just a good man. So I was like, I believe it doesn't translate to the screen sometimes because he disappears up his own butthole and he looks like a human donut. Right. But you were like, he's funny. He's charming. He's blah. I'm like, you know what? That's the, that's the recommendation I need to watch this. So I'm going to go off of what you tell me. And then I'm going to see that film. It's so funny you say that because there's there's a literal scene where he's in a restaurant and he's running around and just taking pe- things off people's plates because Venom is hungry and he's got to eat. That's it's so funny you said that. Really funny. <laughs> but like for real, like no, I, I kind of get it. But for real, it's it's um, I'm like watch. I was watching this movie and I'm like, this movie is doing a really good job in making me fall in love with Tom Hardy. Um, yeah. And I did not know he was British. Can I just say that? I did not know until what? I like, saw an interview. I did not know that. Oh, my God. Not as only is he British. He's like super fucking specifically. Isn't he Welsh or something? I don't know. Somebody should probably look that up. Yeah, I, I did not. I, I mean, like his his American accent was just. Oh, I, no. didn't, I didn't register it because I just assumed. But and then I saw an interview. I'm like, whoa. Yeah. Hammersmith. So he lives in this little small town. Right. And there's this great. um gq or rolling stone or one of the top people who do these kinds of profiles on people and they're like walking around with him and and like he he knows everybody in the town he knows every he it's like where his parents grew up you know Mm -hmm. where he grew up and he goes back to that village and i think he's bought like half the town and you know kept them from you know all the economic strife or whatever and he walks around uh with this reporter and he's like hey you know they witness like his his mate's mom get pulled down by her dog like and she's old and so tom goes over and literally picks her up and they call an ambulance and then he goes with the reporter to the hospital to check on the lady and then he's helping this guy like offering him money let me let me take for her care take care of her and take for her care and Mm -hmm. then they get on motorcycles and go to a pub and it's like that's exactly who i think tom hardy is you know that's who yeah He's still accessible and he's still funny and he ponders like getting out of the business because I think he's a real guy. And then there's times like in Peaky Blinders when I go, what's happening? What's he doing? <laughs> oh, he's in Peaky Blinders. Why are you he's doing in Peaky that? Bl- oh, yeah. I don't remember him. In Peaky oh, Blinders. dude. Remember like you were the one who said, hey, Lisa, Tom Hardy's in Peaky Blinders. And we went in and he's in there. I'm like, okay. No, no. What I are watched, you doing? I watched like 20 minutes of that and I'm just like, what is going on? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can't understand it. But the only th- I, I just remember, what's his name? Cillian Murphy. Cillian Murphy. Yeah. I love Cillian Murphy. But like sometimes I just think, I feel like when an actor, and I've always felt this way, when an actor is just so, I'm like, it's called acting, bro. Like. I don't appreciate it when somebody is just so up their own butthole that they don't like, you're not actually at war. You know that you're not in world war two, bitch. There's a screen screen behind you. You're going to live. There's craft service. Someone's going to drive you to set. You're not in world war two. Calm the fuck down. Or if you're Daniel day Lewis and you're just sewing things and you're sitting in the room with your sister and you're just like, and I'm like, what are you doing? So when an actor like does that and just can't uh, just like be accessible to the cast and crew, show up and do their part, everybody's got a role on a film. And I appreciate Mm -hmm. when people show up and do that. So 
I like it when people do that. I also don't like people giving more credit for just like drinking a glass of water and going, oh my God, you're an amazing actor, Lady Gaga. So like when somebody shows up and is just like, you know, walking through a room with lipstick on Lady Gaga and everybody's going, oh my God, I can't believe that she can do that. Walk through a room like and just look great in hair and makeup, Lady Gaga. I mean, I don't think that we should necessarily be jumping up and down and calling that acting, but okay. I haven't seen A Star is Born. I probably will eventually see it. When it hits Amazon. And have a couple of cocktails because the two of those scene tuners in the same film. But I'm not going to do what everybody's been doing with Bohemian Rhapsody and hate it before I've seen it. I just know I have my predispositions about certain people. And Mm -hmm. they're not my cup of tea. And I've given them many chances. Just want you to know. Seen all the videos. Watched all the performances up until now. So it's not like I saw 15 minutes of something and then burned the book. I'm like, I don't get it. But I will give something a chance. And, and I've heard this is, I've heard A Star is Born is incredible. This incarnation is incredible. I'm going to give it its due. Uh, unlike, you know, critics just, they're paid to sit there. And, and I think you're absolutely right, Andre. I think they think that a review is shitting on something. And I don't think that's yeah. what criticism yeah. is. Criticism is seeing the art for what it is and understanding within its time and understanding what they were trying to say and what they were doing. Criticism is not a summary. And it's not whether you bloody liked it or not. It, it also it also leaks into like people definitely sort of read those reviews and and think this is how you review films. So it's almost like while you're also conflating um, a legitimate criticism with negative opinions, you're sort of saying that okay, if I'm going to review a film, I have to say something negative about it, right? Um, that's not criticism and most of the time it's it's not um if yeah it's like if i want to make a legitimate criticism about something i have to pick something about it or people are not going to think well, it's, it's not it's, how criticism it's, it's not even how criticism is taught if you if you go yeah. to school for it which you know a lot of these people don't if you want to go to school for criticism because part of my writing studies was i had to take a class in criticism which i just sat there and just rolled my eyes the entire time until i got a migraine and had to go outside and smoke but um, but I did learn from this pompous ass who taught the class. He was just like, you know, he did say those legitimate things. It's not a summary and it's not your opinion. It's not whether you liked it or not. It's like, what was, you the, have to look at it objectively. What was the film trying to say? What were they mm-hmm. trying to do? And did they accomplish that? So if you see like whatever the stars born is saying about what the, that goal is and they've met that goal, that's part of your criticism, not I don't like Tom Hardy and all the stuff I've seen him in before, and he's good in this or he's bad in this. Bitch, that is... Thank you. And I don't want you to have that kind of power. The fact that these people have power at all kills me. And this is what I love about social media and citizen um, criticism is that you can go there on November 2nd and watch Bohemian Rhapsody in the United States and go, all of these people can suck a dick. And not be influenced by that. Don't sit here and quote a critic to me and go, well, everybody's saying the story is lame and blah, blah, blah. No, what did you actually... Now I want to hear your opinion. You know, did yeah. you like it or, or not? But then why? You know, but the, the job... But I want to go back to this. The job of the critic is to see, did, did the film meet the standard that it set for itself? Did it do what it said it was going to do? Yes or fucking no. Not mm-hmm. whether you liked it or not. You know, Dead Spin, Collider, this... Rolling Stone, whatever. But honestly... Like sometimes I just love something so much. I'm like, why are you telling me to go see it? This is a thesis for my life. Mm. Thank you. Right. <laughs> because can I tell you how many times I've talked to people about um, people who, who 
who didn't like Black Panther. Um, they're oh, shocking. I know. Um, <laughs> yeah, you can't freaking sit here and tell me. Uh, you know, I didn't really like it. It's not. It's not really for me. And I'll ask you. Okay, can you like point out specific, specific like uh, give some sort of like anal- analysis? Anything like mm, I just didn't really like it. Yeah, I don't. Then I'm not listening to you about it. And this movie was shit. And then okay, well, if if you can't give me reason, this is also why when the Last Jedi came out and everyone was fucking losing their minds, it was always a lot of I didn't like this. I didn't like how they do this, but I didn't. Blah, 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 blah. I was like, can you explain why you didn't like it? No, I just didn't like it. Yeah. That's, well, see, not, a, that's, not, that's not an opinion to me. That's not a criticism. It's like the cat. That's, I just see uh, in my head when people are just saying bullshit like that, I just see a cat going over to like a glass of water and just knocking it off the table. And then I remember yeah. like the, the, the person who had to craft the glass in the factory or the machine, something went into making that, right? Or whatever's there. And I just see all these crew comes together and they make this thing, you know, and you have this actor working at this this character and this actress working at this character and the screenwriter had to go through notes and all of this hell and bullshit. Nobody makes anything easy. Very few people are wiping their ass digitally and throwing it up online and going, that took me 15 minutes to make. Everything takes time to make. So for you to come along and go, I didn't like that. Well, then fuck off. I don't, we're not going to have a conversation about any kind of art. I'm not going to get a recommendation from you. I don't like it. Or like even me saying, I'm not a big fan of Tom Hardy. I don't know if I'll go see Venom is not even legitimate to me because it's like, go see it so you can talk about it. Go. I may not be a fan of Gaga because I feel like she's fake as shit but I can go and see her and go okay I'm wrong she is this character she is amazing but if I'm a critic if someone's paying me to criticize something no matter what the film is I'm going to go into it and go okay what are the goals can I can I decipher first of all the goals of the filmmakers is there something that's emerging about this that they were they were attempting to do okay I'm going to go see Dunkirk and this is going to be these moments on a beach within this 48 hour period. And I'm going to go to Dunkirk. Did the film accomplish that? Not, you know what? Kenneth Branagh. I like him, but I don't know if I'd like him standing on a beach in world war two. Like, please go fuck yourself. Yeah. Did we accomplish the goal that we have set out for now? What really gets my goat is that we're trusting. It's, it's more than a handful. Trust me, when I was a kid, it was like three dudes. Dudes. Mm-hmm. And then Pauline Kale eventually, who said, go see this movie. And they would kill a movie or not. Now I love it when people are like, I don't listen to the critics. I like that actor. That seems fun. I like the poster. I like the music. I don't have anything to do this weekend. I'm going on a date. I need to get out of the house. Whatever fucking reason. You're going mm-hmm. to go see this film. Go and enjoy it for, and don't, do not let the voices around you tell you what you like or not. Because again, we just gave two great reasons to do that. I think Nightmare Before Christmas. I don't know the opening box office. I know that. I know that when Burton was starting out, he got a lot of shit because he was considered not legitimate. I remember that being sort of the story around Burton in certain circles, not all across Hollywood. But Burton was like, well, this guy's making cartoonish things. This guy is, you know, he's playing around with the horror genre. And horror didn't, like, do big, big bank. Or if it did, it wasn't talked about because it wasn't art. 
you know, you didn't have thrillers that were art. You know, you had Hitchcock, and then everybody else, you know, was making, you know, fright movies. So Burton got a lot of shit for that. And when he brought in Elfman, and he had artistry, and when he had opinions, when the libretto was just clever as shit, um, then he became undeniable. And it might have been around this time that, you know, he stepped out of the shadow of Beetlejuice. I don't know if Beetlejuice was made before or after. Um, I think probably after. Was it made after? This could have just set the bar for him. But I just know that Tim Burton for a long time didn't get a whole lot of respect in town because he was known as like the spooky, scary guy. And I remember, um, okay, Edward Since Her Hands came out in 1990. I remember people shitting on that. Beetlejuice was 88. Yeah, Beetlejuice was 88. Yeah, and there was a lot of like, well, this guy makes these... Silly, spooky, scary, funny little things. And then he had like this huge, it was almost avant-garde following. And then the money would roll in. And then that, that changed everybody's opinion. So it, it basically, Burton can be single-handedly credited with bringing, not a, recreating the genre and then bringing it forward into the future because the fans loved it. The fans went to see it and appreciate it. went every weekend afterwards I watched mm-hmm. Beetlejuice in the theater four times. I could quote it. You know, Tim Burton was for me. Hocus Pocus came out, and I fucking loved it. And everybody was like, well, I don't know. It just seems silly and dumb. And it's like, oh, my God. Seriously? So. Yeah. I'm going to um, stop ranting. I'm being very ranty, ranty. Well, no, it's okay. I just looked up the the opening weekend box office was $191 million. Um, but, for, yeah. for which movie? For Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh, see, there you go. Yeah, um, uh, that's not bad. <laughs> yeah, I let, let me just let me just put it this way. Um, I'm a very firm believer um, that if you have not researched something, or if you are not particularly knowledgeable on this topic, um, go make yourself knowledgeable and then come back and join the conversation. So this is why, for the longest time. I was I never I never like went online Facebook God forbid Reddit and typed out this review because I didn't know what I was talking about and I was very aware of that and I do this still today like all this shit going on politically I'm not gonna say anything about it until I and most of the time I I, I don't like sit down and research it because I don't have the time right um but it's if you're going to make a criticism of a film just know you are by extension criticizing literally everyone who has worked on this project that's right and if you are going to say something that can influence someone's um experience or decision in going to it or not you have to be prepared for it to be thrown back in your face and for people to be like hey um you you actually don't know what you're kind of saying i think it's just also a negative way to live why it is. It is. If you want to review films, you need to crack open a book or what am I saying? Go online, watch <laughs> YouTube, um, learn what tone consistency is, learn what cinematography, post-production, pre-production, digi- digital, all of that. Like do all of that first mm. before you go online and start, you know, doing, doing whatever. That's not to say you can't go out of a film and be like, ah, I didn't like it or I really liked it. But if you're willing to engage in that conversation, you have to be prepared for it to be thrown back in your face if you're not entirely sure what you're saying. I think also, too, here's this. Then there's the egghead version of um, something where somebody comes along and, and then they've read all the books. 
Uh, they've taken all the criticism courses. Um, they're the person who, if, well, if I was doing this, bitch, you did not. You know, but like, I, if this should have been, if they are trying to call to the tones of blah, 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 I'm the expert in this genre. They did not capture the essence of blah, blah, blah. I will take that with a grain of salt as well, too. That's true. Because there's no the better education I mean, than just watching films. Right. And I think that's, you know, and you, and you like what you like what you like. Like, I mm-hmm. honestly, there are people who, who are like some of my heroes and they secretly listen to Britney Spears. They just fucking love it. And I'm like, <laughs> don't let that be a guilty pleasure. Saying that's a guilty pleasure is an insult to Britney Spears and the people mm-hmm. who produce her music. Just love what mm-hmm. you love. Just like what you like. I may not, it may not be my cup of tea. Okay. You know, and again, I know people fiercely defend and love Lady Gaga. I know what she's done for the community, and I am very, very grateful for her representation. I just personally don't find her to be genuine a lot of times, but I don't know her. Um, I may have her completely wrong. You should not listen to me if you are a fan or want to go see something that she's a part of. Fuck what I think. I want everyone to think for themselves. We are living in a time when people do not think for themselves. Talking about politically... You know, old people are told by one outlet, you know, how to wipe their ass and then they all go and do it. You know, Mm -hmm. they all you can just hear them all say the same thing. You know, well, that guy in the van was paid to send all those bombs. You just hear it from everybody you talk to. That drives me crazy. Have Mm -hmm. your own political opinion. Take the time to do the research. Or I love what you're saying. If I haven't immersed myself in that topic or know something about it, maybe I don't speak on that. You know, Mm -hmm. so maybe you don't give a recommendation to something or in something if you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Like, again, I know the old stars born. So I know how I felt about them. I need to go see this work, you know, and this many people are crazy about Venom. I've been hearing so much buzz about Venom from the fans. Mm -hmm. They're like, this was such an enjoyable time. And if you go on Tumblr, that character is so obviously that character grabs somebody's imagination because they they talk about this character. This character is now becoming meme worthy. So when you see something live past the screen like that, you're like, okay, that's what captures my attention is that the fans are into it. And I'll look at a fandom. Like again, why I go back to walking dead, why I can't quit it is you, you told me, you know, I don't walk away just yet, you know, give it, give it a little bit more time and chance. And I've been watching the rest of the season. Um, and I'm glad that I stayed. And again, I know how hard it is to make that show. We talk about this all mm-hmm. the time with Walking Dead and shows like it. It takes a lot. Y'all, it takes a lot of work to make Supernatural. It takes a lot of work to make these shows. Yeah. So yeah. But what, I, what I'm seeing is, yeah, I, I feel like if you're a long time listener, you you know what our feelings are. But we are able to explain why we don't like it. Sure. We're not we're not just throwing it out there and then just not backing it up. If that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, and you know. Honestly, I just don't want somebody sitting down and just going, you know, uh, it just feels like critic. It's just, that's just a, such a, I don't know. I don't respect the job. I have to, I have to admit that I don't respect the job of critic. I'm just going to be honest. I'm very prejudiced against critics. I think it's way too easy to sit on your ass as a failed or wannabe. What, and I feel like a lot of them are failed and wannabe because writing criticism is an art in of itself. And very few people I have ever seen on the planet do it well. I have never seen a piece of criticism not never. I mean, I would say maybe I want to count 15 times in my life. I've seen criticism done as the art form that it is supposed to be. The rest of it is just, 
I'm going to be like Big Lebowski. That's just like um, your opinion, man. <laughs> you know, yeah. um, I, it doesn't make a good fucking damn to me whether mm. people like what Rami Malek has done or whether people are a fan of Gaga or Hater Guts. I'm going to have to see that performance until I feel that way about it. So if I look at Nightmare Before Christmas, I can appreciate... God, the artistry, you can see the time that went into it. It's just, if you, if you stop it down and you look at like the pictures throughout the film, I'm just, I'm, I'm amazed. Like every attention to detail is in there and it's, it's really a magical little film. And this is why from 1993 to 2018, this is your the Christmas story. The Christmas story is iconic. You can I don't watch that anymore because it does depress me a little bit. But until that film came along, all you had was this uh, you know wonderful life and White Christmas and all these really like Bing Crosby kind of was the specter <laughs> over your Christmas. And then these these films started breaking in and kind of changing uh, the tone. Mm-hmm. And that's what I appreciate about them. Like Hocus Pocus, just it didn't have to be this gory. It wasn't a chainsaw massacre. It was like these three hilarious, silly, lovely uh, witches. And I yeah. was like, that's really fun. This and it's fun. not even like it's not even like an insanely well done movie either. No, of course <laughs> you not. You know what I mean? Oh no, it's and heavy. it doesn't have to be for you to have a great time. It, you can just see, you can just see the, you can almost feel the crew standing there watching it, making it on the back lot, going beer time in an hour, right? Okay, cool. <laughs> I mean, I'm not yeah. saying that Hocus Pocus is is at all comparable to the Nightmare Before Christmas. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying enjoy what you enjoy. Mm-hmm. You know, and and there's these these seasonal pictures, and sometimes people watch them all year round. Uh, that you should like what you like. I'm always gonna say that. Never said it too much on this podcast. <laughs> Ian, do you have any thoughts on that? Do you listen to critics? Uh, not really. You know, I don't spend a lot of time reading their things or watching like the Siskel and Ebert shows back in the day. That's her name that escaped me. So, I mean, I, I, I personally, I think, like, I read some of the, I read some, someone's, um, they'd gathered, I don't know what, what it was. It was, I think it might have been Hollywood Beat or something. They were talking about all what the critics are saying about Bohav. Borap? Borap. Yeah. Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> and, um, everybody seems like, you know, well, the music was, you know, the iconic music and then, but it didn't really tell the story of who Freddie was, and everybody wanted the salacious this and that. I'm like, dude, they want to see Freddie fucking a bunch of guys at truck stocks doing like, yeah, uh, like- blow off their cocks, and he want they want to see him dying uh, in his backyard and his bed, you know, yeah. you know, bleeding out from AIDS. And it's like, I mean, like, I doubt yeah. that it, it failed to capture the story of his life, but I don't know. I'll I'll just wait until I see it to make that make that decision. Yeah, I'll I'll occasionally like I. I don't read Craig's reviews. Um, when the embargo, the, like the social media embargo is lifted, I will like scroll through the tag and see what people are saying about it. And that's also great because you can, you can see like a wide variety of opinions or sometimes just like, I remember when the, the first reviews for infinity war came out and everyone was, was literally just like, Oh, you're not ready for this. And it's, it's great and amazing and blah, blah, blah. Um, but I will go like on YouTube and sometimes I'll see like a video essay and it'll be something like why Thanos isn't a great villain. And I'm like, okay. And then I'll click it and I'll see what they have to say. And I'll be like, yeah, 
I, I get some of that. Like, I'll, I'll watch, like, a like a Black Panther criticism. Like, yeah, the vibranium is a little too convenient. Yeah, doesn't ruin the film for me at all. Yeah. But you can totally just... Point being, be respectful and be knowledgeable. That's it. Well, and also, like, why, why do you want to live your life like that? Why do you want to throw tax in front of your own car? It's like, why does somebody want to, like... Why do you want to have your experience watered down before you watch something? You know? Sure. Why do you want to be influenced by anyone before you consume something? You know, yeah. and just, it's not like it's, going to see a movie is a huge. Well, I mean, not to speak for everybody, but like it's not like going to see going to see movies a huge financial investment. Um, even though twelve dollars can seem like a lot nowadays, um, but yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I just feel like why go in? I mean, to argue that point, um, why would you want to go plunk down twenty four dollars with your opinion already half formed? You know, true. True. Why don't you go into that darkened theater and have an experience firsthand without anybody like in the back of your brainstem? Mm-hmm. For me, that's makes the point even more. It's expensive. You have to park. It's it takes some time to to get out of your house and get there. So why have somebody go? Well, you're not gonna like it, or you're gonna like this about it, or oh my god, you're gonna have the best experience ever. I'll see about that. You know, I'm going to, and again, because Bohemian Rhapsody, I'm so, I've been involved in it since Rami said yes, and I've just become very obsessed with um, all of it. Um, I knew he was going to be amazing. That's not surprising. I just, I'm just, I'm still going to be able to go in there. And I read like 20 pieces of criticism, by the way, on it. And I've just sat here and gone, just as I thought, you guys are a bunch of all, you're just a bunch of fucking hacks. <laughs> you're just a bunch of fucking hacks. Because they're all, you're not even, you're actually borrowing. You can see where this reader, this critic, this critic borrowed this phrase from someone else. And then they just pass it along. It's just the mm-hmm. same phrase over and over and over and over and over and over. It's safe. It's safe. Mm-hmm. It's safe. You can't even like shit on something. But what uniquely. does that even mean? It's safe. What does that mean? Yeah, me too. I mean, do, do you, you, my, do you, do you, you want do you full frontal? Do you want full frontal? Do you want Freddie like going down on a guy? I mean, what does that mean? Do you want to see him die in the street? That's what you want it to be. And like, oh, too bad it didn't. It didn't have the PG. I mean, I'm gonna get into it when I do the full thing. I'm not gonna spend a whole lot of time talking about what critics thought about the film because it, it, I'm gonna have. It's like Papillon. I heard what everybody said about Papillon before we went and did it. We went and did our own, and I had like five people write to me. It was exactly five people write to me and go, "I'm so gra- glad I listened to your criticism because it wasn't uh, what was the word that somebody used. It wasn't uh, jaded, mm-hmm. and it was unique." I heard those two words. Thank you. And thank you for those five people who wrote me. I was like, this is my opinion of it. And I'm not going to sit here and compare it to 1973 Papillon. And I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, my God, Rami Malek did not raise Freddy from the dead, get in his skin and walk around on the earth. It's never going to happen. Watch a documentary. Anyway, back to the film that we're talking about. What (laughs) blows me away about The Nightmare Before Christmas is the the story itself is so delightful i was just marveling at that that we have christmas town that's pretty Mm -hmm. fun and then christmas town just seemed like they're trying to like oh we're all spooky scary and then you just sort of like see morty and these guys i'm calling them morty you know the guys just the guys (laughs) are walking around like the wolf guy in the shirt and they're like hey it was like a tuesday we're just hanging out in wolf you know in in this town Mm -hmm. and they're all kind of just like so precious to me about how um halloweeny they are this is all they know this is the world they know 
you know, and then Jack breaks into, gets sucked into Christmas world and he's like, oh my God, we could do this. We can totally go do this. And, you know, this whole, yeah. and the whole theme of this is like, stay in your lane, man. Just stay. It's ba- the in message your is fucking- basically like cultural appropriation is bad. Like, right, that's the message. Right. That could be it if you want to put it into the parlance of our times. But I always, I always took it like the very first time I saw this, I remember thinking, like, yeah, stay in your lane. Don't try to be this thing. You know, critics, stay in your lane. You know, sit around and like shit on stuff. And if you want to write a screenplay and get discovered, write a screenplay and stop hating on everybody else's work. So it's like just, I love that, that they try it. And they really give it a college try. And what's beautiful about Jack is that he doesn't understand Christmas at all or Christmas mm-hmm. town at all. And then he's yeah. made himself an expert. So he goes back and he's given uh, everybody all these tasks. Like you make some toys and you guys do this. Song. He goes to the band, you know, do the song. Uh, you know, we're going to do this over here and that over there. And Sally, you know, the voice of reasons in the middle of this going, I just don't think you understand and i'm also Mm -hmm. getting like you know this premonition that you're gonna really suck at this so nobody listens to sally should listen to sally sally's got the goods and she ends up being right but i love that the that sally is not smug about it she's not like i told you so bitch you know Mm -hmm. she let everybody you know try and then sandy claws you know Went and made it right, you know. Let Sandy Claus do his gig, and then, then, but everybody was became aware of each other at the end. You know, Sandy Claus is like, "Oh, okay, you guys are over here needing some love. It's a little dark, yeah. a little dark over there." And mm-hmm. then Halloween Town is like, "Oh, that's what Christmas is. We don't yeah. do puppies." So. Can I? Can I also just say, from a musical standpoint? Yes, please. Um, let's go. And I think I think I said this in one of my youtube videos but um this thing danny often uses is really really interesting um it's the um the this this old like gregorian chant um this hymn basically um the dsera chant basically talking about like the end of the world judgment day and all that stuff and it's so completely interwoven within the score and you almost miss it. Like, obviously, like, so basically this chant is D-S-E-R-A, right? Which is essentially making Christmas, yeah. making Christmas, which is so poignant to me because it's like they're making Christmas. And in return, it's like sort of the end of the Halloween world. And you also notice in Jack's Lament, like, it's it's completely hidden. But when he sings, oh, somewhere deep inside, those first four, first four notes are the exact same four notes. That's cool. And even in um, Kidnap, the Sandy Claus song, is basically the same chant, just backwards. That's awesome. Yeah. So it's like it's like completely interwoven. And it's just, it's so cool to me. Like, I really love that sort of, like, subconscious storytelling. It has so many layers to it, doesn't it? I mean, mm-hmm. you're pointing out some stuff that I never even thought about or knew about. Um, looking at the animation, looking at all the little pieces of it, looking at the story, looking at the cultural appropriation aspect of it. <laughs> just all the little life lessons. Just, um, yeah, there's, there's so much in there. And, you know, I, I, this is what I always want to say. I, I mean, I'm sure I'll have to look it up and... I'm sure Burton has talked about it and Selleck and, and Elfman. Did they know they were making this? Did they know they were making this classic? Now, do you have a sense of it when you're making it? 
That's that's the question, isn't it? I don't know. Do you know when I, you're making I, magic? I mean, how can you know? I don't. I don't. I don't even want to say. My gut instinct is to say that they didn't. Um, but who knows? Like, was there was there anything like this around this time? Like, mm. I can't. I mean, there was claymation, but. Yeah, and you know, Elfman being roughly the same age as me, Elfman and Burton, I think, are roughly the same age as me. Maybe, what are their ages? I feel like those guys grew up with the, uh, oh, yeah, Burton's older than me, 50, uh, 58. Uh, and when was Elfman born? Let's see. He was born in 53, even older than uh, Burton. So these guys definitely were entrenched with... Um, we grew up with those. I thought they were scary. The uh, the Christmas, the Santa Claus movies. You know, Santa Claus is coming to town. Claymation that they showed on mm-hmm. TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the abominable snowman. I think I feel like you know those guys took that and and obviously the Christmas trees that are un, that they're using in the houses in Christmas Town. Those are the trees that we had in the fifties and sixties. Those silver mm-hmm. kind of trees were like you. Everybody's parents had one of those trees, those space age trees. And I feel like they're they took that and they updated it. They brought it into like the nineties. And so I appreciate that level to it. But you don't need that to watch it. You can watch it brand new and not know any of those little kind of things about the creators and still enjoy it for what it was i mean they they had to have known it was good they had to have like to put that kind of work into it and to look at at the end and go i think we've made something special Mm -hmm. but burton's stuff for me has always it's enduring i mean i don't it's not like you know they made heathers and like in 2018, you're like, oh, Heathers. Why are we trying to remake Heathers? Uh, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. um, Beetlejuice holds up. Um, sure, yeah. Trying to think of what other Burton stuff. I mean, I still feel like, um, come on. What am I thinking? The one with Johnny Depp, it had the Headless Horseman, uh, Sleepy Sleepy Hollow, Hollow still holds up for me. I like his mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, I even like Ed Wood. Big fan of that, but Mars Attacks is still stands up for me. Corpse Bride, and again, this one oh, feels yeah. like Corpse Bride. We should talk about the, this in context of Corpse Bride. So, when that came out, I'm like, was this a callback to that? It felt like it was, but I, well, I, I haven't seen all of Corpse Bride, so I can't, I can't make a good yeah. opinion. But I mean, it very well could have been. There, there's um. There are theories that... Oh, wait, no, that's not in that movie. That movie, like, Frankenweenie, I think it's what it's called. Yes, it's about Zero. Could have been about Zero. Yeah, yeah, it could have been about the dog. Um, yeah. Yeah, but I, I don't know. I don't know too much about that. I know that it. Uh, he has that long-running relationship with Johnny Depp. Maybe uh, Depp will return to Burton now that he's getting... Uh, <laughs> shit canned oh, from the uh, Jack Sparrow. Yeah, I don't know about those two together at this point. I don't know if Burton would have him. I don't know. Maybe Johnny I mean, they've been just... working together for forever. They uh, have. They really have. I just hope Tim Burton doesn't do anything. Uh, not incriminating, but I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Don't shit where you eat, dude. Yeah. Um, cool. That's it. I, I thoroughly, uh, I'm, I'm so glad that we sat down and revisited this. If you guys mm-hmm. haven't seen it in a while, I would say go back and watch it. Totally. Yeah. And you know, and it, 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 premiered october 29th 1993 so you could watch it on the day october 29th and be like hey i haven't seen the new halloween um we are in the middle of watching house on haunted hill and totally loving it i recommend that for sure if you haven't seen that on netflix 
That's really mm. good. I saw something kind of spooky and scary and very bizarre. Um, what was it called? The Apostle. Uh, that's on Netflix. Oh, I watched that. Yeah. Um, I quite kind of. I kind of. <laughs> I like Dan Stevens in it. Um, I was there for Dan and also Lucy Boynton, who's in Bohemian Rhapsody. She's playing Mary Austin. So I've been trying to watch stuff in her career. All the, all the guys in the band, too, Joe Mazzallo, Ben Hardy, Gwilym Lee. I've been trying to watch their stuff and um, just trying to like sort, sort of support the cast work because that's sort of part of my obsession. But I loved uh, Lucy's character in The Apostle. Um, I liked Michael Sheen. The story is bizarre. I had a good time. I'm not sure I understood the ending, but man, was it hooky. It was like a really fucked up Wicker Man. I grew up with Wicker Man, Donald Sutherland. I think he was in that. Not sure. Mm. So I would say that's a good that's a good one to see in the season. Kind of yeah, spooky. Sure. Um, and then, of course, Ben Hardy's in something kind of spooky called the, the Lady in White. Something like that. So that's quite good. I recommend that. Uh, and then, of course, House on Haunted Hill. It's got me hooked. We're going to go finish it this afternoon. Where it's just like, and then we also are going to play um, Fallout 76. The beta finally came out. So holler. I'm going to go get killed in that. That'll be fun. Cool. We are going to order some pizza and watch Incredibles 2 because it came out on digital yesterday. Oh, yay. Yeah. Cool. I didn't realize that uh, that's out. I know Black Klansman is out as well. So I wanted to see that before the weekend's out. Oh, yeah. Definitely be doing that. All right. So you guys uh, take care of yourselves. Go see Bill Hummian Rhapsody. Fuck with the credits today. That's November 2nd. Uh, <laughs> and please uh, go see what's what else is coming. Oh, go vote. Please go vote. If you haven't voted early, please go vote November uh, 6th. Uh, vote like you've never voted yes. before. Um, recommendations. Yeah. Those were my recommendations. Do you have any recommendations? Is there anything that you're listening to or doing that? No, just the, uh, gonna do, uh, what is it? The House on Haunted Hill. House on Haunted Hill. And then tonight is game four of, um, the series. Yeah. Go Dodgers. But if you're not in Boston or LA, I don't see anyone. Nobody really. cares. Yeah. Nobody gives a shit. Because I don't care if their other, other teams are in it. So. Yeah, me neither. Uh, yeah. Any recommendations from you? Um,. I don't think so. No? I mean, go watch Venom. Uh, no, uh, yeah, I'm uh, excited to see. I'm excited to see the the Bohemian Rhapsody movie next weekend. Yes. Um, I can't think. Oh well, I was thinking about what other movies are gonna. I'm gonna see before the year is out. Um, still probably going to see Fantastic Beasts. Yes. Um, You're still gonna go to the theater. It. You're still gonna go. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I, I've said it on here. Um, but uh, yeah, I do plan on seeing it. Um, and someone gave me the, the great idea of, because of the controversy, the controversy. surrounding <laughs> this entire film and it's killing me. Um, but especially the whole thing with Depp, um, someone suggested that if you are going to see this movie, um, to donate your ticket price to a woman's shelter or for, um, women who have like left abusive households because of their husband stuff like that so i do plan on doing that as uh, i mean like i don't want to say penance because it sounds a little too self-righteous or self-important but it's i think it's, it's noble though come way, on man that's really cool well i mean it's it's the only way i can i can watch this movie in good faith and i'm I'm going to see it for literally everyone else except for Depp. yeah um but it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting try to 
to uh, critique it. Um, I know we literally just spent 20 minutes talking about criticisms, but um, yeah, I'm going to have to make a decision on whether or not my opinion is biased or not when I finally do see it, but we'll see. We'll yeah. see. Cool. We know that this has probably been the best season of American Horror Story ever. Yes. Oh, yeah. We're going to talk about that. You haven't seen yes. the last. Have you seen the last episode, Ian? So Ian's not got. Yet. I just. I got to tell you, you're going to love this. Um, I signed up for. This is not an ad. None of these are ads. And if you want us to to sponsor our podcast, please see. Um, the uh, <laughs> I had to say we got Effects Plus, and at first I'm like, I pay for cable, and it's so dumb. I pay for cable. Why am I getting fucking Effects Plus? Well, when you live on the West Coast. And it's a show that's as popular as American Horror Story. Uh, you can't go on Twitter at all until right. like 11 o'clock at night because bitches be spoiling stuff. So I was like, I'm so tired of this. I'm tired of like hearing, um, seeing all the memes and the juicy stuff. And I just, I'm so addicted to my phone because I'm not smoking right now. And at night I used to sit outside and smoke a pack of cigarettes. So my new addiction is sitting here and I go to, you know, Reddit and Snapchat and Pinterest and Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and Tumblr, you know, just because it's not that I want to smoke so much as it just it's it fills that kind of need. Right. So it's yeah, I'm not true. I'm not going to die. It's a very healthy compared to smoking kind of thing. So I just, what did I do every single fucking time Apocalypse is on? I go on Twitter and they'll go, oh, so-and-so. And then I'll just see the meme. I'll see it in two seconds and go, fuck. So I got so sick of it that I went on to FX Plus as soon as they offered it in our market. And I got the episode even before Andre did. Yeah, you were yeah. watching it during the day. And then I spoiled it for him. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> I did. I was just like, and so-and-so. And you were like, what? And I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> so now I had to be careful not to spoil it for you. But do you understand how unique of, of when you live in L.A., you don't. Yeah, no, I. Yeah. We celebrate everything last. Like New Year's Eve, like the atolls are like, Happy New Year, like 2 o'clock in the afternoon. And then like East yeah. Coast, everybody's like done. And then you're over here going, Yay. Fine. I've been in bed for two hours, so awesome. <laughs> so just having access to that, like when we knew with Game of Thrones, we could see on the HBO um, Go app that we could see the episode at six o'clock, um, like it airs everywhere else. That was huge, and because HBO yeah. knew that they were going to get bootleg, bootleg to shitting back. I think the big uh, thing has been that FX has been their shows have been getting bootlegged a lot as well. So their mm. answer, and they're also making money. It's not, you know, they're not, it, it's, it's multifold that they have these um, premiere apps. I know AMC has one, uh, but they can go suck a dick. Uh, so FX Plus, though, I have to recommend there's no commercials. And I got it even earlier than the East Coast, which was super fun. <laughs> so, yeah. And then if you get that one, you can see Snowfall and trust and all the other shows that they put on there that are so good and you can see pose and people versus oj and la 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 and there's a show called the in-betweeners or the in-between that i want to see so that's now that i don't have to sit through all the bullshit commercials i'm gonna maybe try new shows on there so i can love them or hate them faster so <laughs> you guys have a, a really great uh, Halloween week. Take care of yourselves and please vote and hydrate and uh, don't hold your pee too long. That's bad for you. Um, that'll get worse as you get older. Anybody other? Keep an eye out for, on our Instagram because on Halloween we're going to post some pictures of our costumes. You found so. it? Yeah, you get to see. You, know, you probably have seen Andre's face. I rarely show mine, so we'll see. All right. <laughs> 
All right, guys. Yeah. I put po- I posted some preliminary ones because I I just I just had to because I I just finished editing them today. I was like, okay, I'll just post a couple. Did you? Um, oh, where are these posted? They're on they're on my Twitter and my uh, Snapchat. Oh, so go to Andre yeah. Magalhez's um, social media so you can get a little sneak peek, a little peep yeah. at those. I didn't pits. I didn't put I didn't post the best ones. I'm gonna wait for that. For oh, me. big reveal. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to say they're fabulous because I got the little sneak peek because I'm, you know, an insider. I'm a Hollywood <laughs> insider over here. <laughs> All right. Uh, I love you guys. Take care of yourself. Fan peace. Bye. Bye.